0: Being compassionate is not the same as being weak or, you know, being a servant. Again, the model of Jesus was if you want to be great in the kingdom, yeah. if you want to be first, you got to be the least and last. you got to be a servant. you got to wash feet. you got to get your hands dirty. And I think when a man begins to see himself as a servant to his wife and to his children with great love and compassion, well, the Scripture says to love your wives as Christ loved the church, which was total sacrifice,
1: total commitment, and for us to put others before ourselves. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. It's always a pleasure to get together with you in the Memphis and Mid-South area and talk about life in the M-Town. I I love this city. I was born and raised here. Got some dear friends that always enjoy getting together with at times and sharing with. Recently, we had Dr. Danny Sinkfield on talking about some great things in his ministry, monumental things happening. Danny, it's good to see you back, and we're going to talk also with Dr. Teb Bondurit. Teb, good to see you. Good to see you, sir. Danny, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thank you, Byron. As we start off the show today, we're going to talk about the Faith Men's Conference coming March 22nd, 23rd. That's the highlight of our conversation. It's all going to center around that. But as we move into the conversation, I want to bring your attention to something I read in a magazine article in Elite Daily. I'm not real familiar with this magazine. It's an online publication. The title was, What It Means to Be a Man in Today's World. It states, gender roles, however, or masculinity or femininity are a set of guidelines we've imposed upon men and women as a consequence of culture and history. We've created and perpetrated a masculine ideal preventing men from being true to themselves. Danny?
0: Well, I know that we have a lot of issues with gender identity and confusion. I I just really think that when you go back to the biblical record, God created us distinctive male and female in the image of God and his purposes and plans for our lives and yeah we 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 live in a culture that is very 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 confused about what does it mean to be a man and what does it mean to be a God uh, uh, you know a man who follows God's leadership in his life
1: Bartleby, if i'm saying that right is a student success hub that's been developed by Barnes and Noble education another article that i read this morning says gender roles and its effect on society, states, gender roles can be so restricting that they affect our lifestyle, workplace, and mentality, and self-image. Boys and girls are regulating their behavior in potentially harmful ways in order to adhere to gender norms. Gender roles can make anyone who strives for that ideal lifestyle have a very demanding and oppressive life. What I mean by this is that the perfect life we envision, even if it isn't what we want, it makes us feel like we have to fulfill those roles. Hmm. The internet is just covered yes. with that if yeah. you search. What is man's role in today's society?
0: Absolutely. And the skepticism in our culture yeah. about what is, a, what is a, a true man or a true woman like. And so like. this
1: calls the church really to step up,
0: doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, it does.
1: What are the biggest issues, Teb, you feel like are facing men today?
2: Well, you're talking about masculinity. I saw that coming 10 years ago, and probably the person that's done more to stir that, uh, to, to, to make it come out right, um, was Tony Evans. Uh, Tony saw that coming also and started dealing with masculinity. And uh, we're in trouble uh, with males. And, uh, I, you know, if you'd asked me what our biggest... Issues were ten years ago. I'd probably said pornography, and it and it still is up there, but I'm not sure it's quite as strong now as it was eight or ten years ago. I think today uh, is busyness. Men are so trapped in busyness that it affects every part of their lives, trying to to be the dad and the husband and the those that are involved with the church and in their in their life, uh, and to be able to balance that. Balance is a huge thing with men today, yeah. And, and there's a confusion about how do you do that as a man, and masculinity is almost one of those uh, politically incorrect words to say. If you say it now, it means things differently to other people.
0: Yeah, I think that's. I think that is true. And so the culture right now is you know much more emboldened about um, anything anti-biblical defining who you are in Christ and who we are as God's design and creation. One of the things that the church is up against is an entire system you know, that, that, is, um, that is perpetrating upon the minds of precious teenagers, especially young people and children, that, um, you, know, that you, can, you, can, you can have what you want in, in terms of your own identity. Yeah. and uh, that's that's kind of frightening when you think about the implications of
1: that. Yeah, and I think this is really invading the Christian family, the home. That as is you're trying to build those principles in your home, teach biblically. Your kids are going off to schools, usually public schools in many cases, public universities, right. and these are the kind of, you know, statements that they're facing. And so I think it's really important that we clarify as we talk about men and we're concerned about all men. But the conference, you want any man to come to the conference, whether they're a believer in Jesus Christ or a follower of Christ or not. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're passionate, Byron, about um, our attempt
0: for our men of faith and, and uh, men who are Christians in our community reaching out to their family members, their friends, their fishing buddies, and sharing with them the hope that we have in Christ. You know, again, Dr. Dr. Bondren is exactly right. We are in trouble. And unless we get some traction of men finding who they are in Christ, and stepping up with courage and conviction and saying, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, then things are going to go from bad to real
1: bad in a hurry. And that's why I think, gentlemen, that we've got to see something more than just a men's conference here. You remember years ago, there was the movement of the promise keepers. I think that was successful in many ways. Many men came to Christ as a result and were challenged to do ministry, probably ongoing ministry, but it's something that fizzled out. Maybe it was only for that period of time. Certain things only have a lifespan of Mm a certain time. We're not here to judge that, Mm -hmm. but to say we need a movement, don't we, among men and God, Tib. Well, movement
2: is the word that, uh, kind of our key word for this conference. Uh, Instead of it being just another event, Men are a little bit tired of the same old, same old events uh, where they come and hear some really good speakers, and two or three weeks later, they don't really remember what happened. So about 10 years ago, let me back up just a minute. In in 1985, if you'll remember... I was
1: hoping you'd go back that <laughs> far. I wanted uh, you to, yeah.
2: The Maximum Man Conference was the dream of Adrian Rogers, and uh, there was not a man's conference at that time in the United States, and his goal was that he would encourage Men to in their relationship with the Lord, but their relationship with their family, and their marriage, and the business, and the church, and their country. and And the first conference was here in Memphis, and it was a tremendous success. And I, I was at that conference; uh, it changed my life, uh, pointed me in a different direction in my priorities. But when it was through, Doctor Rogers did not want it to be a Bellevue issue. He wanted to to go out to the eastern states. So four or five of us took that and. Uh, have been uh, producing the Maximum Man Conference still for years. It had been now in 18 states, and that was 34 years ago. But about 10 years ago, it took a totally different little twist. Still has the same basic uh, drive of the man and his master country family. We weren't getting out of the church. Passivity and apathy crawled in to men. They were happy just kind of where they were in the church. And instead of getting outside of the church and getting out of their comfort zone. And so we were challenged when we were doing a Maximian Conference in Jackson, Tennessee by uh, Tony Evans about this scourge in America called fatherlessness. I didn't even know what that meant because I'm not fatherless. So he talked to us about that and told us it was driving most of our social pathology of poverty and illiteracy and drugs and gangs and even abortion. We didn't know what to do. So anyway, we came back home to faith, and our little men's group We had about 10 guys. And we said, well, what can we do? We're just men. But God began to open up some avenues that we didn't see coming into high schools and grammar schools and in uh, developmental places where young boys are. And we went out and spent a week with Tony Evans to find out a little bit more about that. And it changed our whole focus and our drive. We, we took a fledgling little men's ministry of about 10 guys to over 60 guys that are all invested in memphis in several different ways 20 or 30 different ministries that has been the biggest surprise to me because before that doing a men's ministry was like pushing a rope and it was very difficult but now you get him out of his apathy and give him out of his, his not wanting to do anything but give him a job and show him how to do it and and see how he could honor god and and leave a legacy for himself it's changing and, and I'm so excited about the direction of men's ministry now.
1: Danny, as uh, Teb's talking about this apathy among men, how do biblical worldview men typically fall into the trap of living a life of complacency?
0: Yeah, I think I think Doctor Bondaret mentioned, Brother Teb mentioned the uh, the busyness issue. You know, we sometimes I think feel like we're doing our doing our Christian duty when we're providing for the family when we um, you know are sure that the kids and the little wife are in church, those kinds of things and and um, sometimes you know I think that the enemy has convinced us that that that's our only responsibility. Um, but again, man, when we start looking at uh, the biblical record, when you start thinking about what are the what are the um, uh, responsibilities that God has imposed in our our role as husbands, as fathers, we are not to just be supporters, but we're to be leaders. And as as uh, Brother Ted mentioned a moment ago, man, we, we have seen firsthand um, what happens when men begin to get on our hearts what God has on his heart, not only for their own lives and their own families, but for the community. And, um, you know, our, our church, Faith Baptist in Bartlett, is only one example. There are good churches and good, you know, men's ministries everywhere. But we have literally seen this thing get a little bit out of hand. And I love that. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's just it's got a life of its own. Um, they you know, Brother Teb really doesn't ask permission anymore. We just ask forgiveness and we just keep rolling. And uh, because, you know, guys, they come and say, hey, what about doing this? What about going to Wilder Correctional Facility up in Somerville? What about, you know, how, how, can we, how can we adopt the Douglas K-8 Elementary School and really make a difference? Not just in name only to do it, plant a few flowers, but to invest our, our lives in the hearts of young people. And that has been a beautiful thing to watch as godly men, Began to say, you know, it's not somebody else's responsibility. It's mine. It's ours. And that's what makes the difference.
1: Well, you mentioned men and their marriage. I know you both probably over the years have done quite a bit of marriage counseling with couples. Danny, Teb, jump in here too. What are wives needing most from their husbands, but often come short of receiving? Well, Dr. Teb has a great
0: story just in his journey. So I'll let him share a little bit about that.
2: Well, I think it's just strictly a matter of priorities and who's on first and who's on second. Our wives see us doing a lot of things in our lives that are important to us, uh, but it's important to us, and sometimes we forget that. And even in Christian work, we can get too busy doing God's work. I see a lot of that, and we talk about that in our men's group. Sometimes we get too busy, and we're not giving them the attention they feel like they need for their lives I'll never forget, Zig Ziglar was asked to come to Memphis to talk to all of the pastors in the several counties, and I went with Brother Jack May, and I, I was wondering, what would Zig Ziglar talk to three, 400 pastors about? What's the subject? And he started off, and he said, love is a sweet potato. And I'm thinking, what in the world has that got to do with anything? And what it was, he, he started talking to all the pastors about their relationship with their wives. And for an hour, he got in their grill, and he said, nobody fights this any harder because of your busyness uh, and and your priorities. So I think priorities is one of the big deals, you know, is learning to balance that. We have a mutual friend that's our AV man, Richard Murley, and he taught me a new word this last year. It's my my new word for 2019 is the word sure. If Charlotte That's my wife. If Charlotte asked me to do something now, I'd say, sure. <laughs> and, and, and i'm gonna tell you that's the best word i've ever had in my life it's, it's a great smart man anyway, write that one down
1: sure, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> well i think sometimes men battle that line between their manhood That they feel and then fostering sensitivity and compassion Mm -hmm. you know how can Mm -hmm. they foster that without compromising Mm -hmm. their manhood
0: that's great you know the, the the reality is that um inside every grown man there is a little boy that needs to be affirmed and we get that primarily from our our wives and if we're not then we usually end up looking for it in the wrong places but but um you know being compassionate is not the same as being weak or you know being a servant again the model of jesus was if you want to be great in the kingdom yeah. if you want to be first, you got to be the least and last. You got to be a servant. You got to wash feet. You got to get your hands dirty. And I think when a man begins to see himself as a servant to his wife and to his children with great love and compassion, well, the scripture says to love your wives as Christ loved the church, which was total sacrifice, total commitment, and for us to put others before ourselves. Yes. And so I think that's really the key. When you get back to the you know to the essence of what God's um, expectations for the husband. It is to it is to model the love of Christ for His church.
1: Well, you both gentlemen alluded to a moment ago the uh, the detriment of fatherless homes in our society today, and many have grown up. In many cases, the father's been right there in the home, but he still hasn't been present. So, what biblical guidance could help build up a man who's come from that distorted childhood? Their father was not active in their lives and never heard the words "I love you, son." Mm. Yeah, those are absolutely powerful images
0: that come to my mind. You know, I I had a father who was present but not in leadership ways. You know, he was more consumed by his own addictions and other issues. And so one of the things that, you know, hopefully that uh, because of the influence of Christ in our lives, we want to change that cycle. My role as a father of three sons, what I wanted to do was to, you know, model what biblical fatherhood looked like for those guys. Even though I didn't have it, I knew what it should be. I knew what it looked like. You know, in our conference, one of the things we love about this conference is the breakout sessions. It's not just the big events, big room moments and worship and good speakers, but in the small group settings, one of my sons, Josh, and I are going to do a a breakout session on father-son relationships because I think that is a key that is so significant and it's missing, as you know, in our community and our culture. And so we're going to talk about, you know, the journey. We're going to talk about the good days and the bad days. We're going to get real raw, honest. He's going to talk about what is it like to to have a dad who's sometimes too busy, sometimes preaching to other people but not living out some of those things. So it's going to be real honest, and it's going to be very, very valuable, I think.
1: You mentioned yourself and your son will be speaking. Now, you've, you've got a lineup, tab of some wonderful speakers joining you guys. You want to talk about some of their backstory, and who's going to come join you?
2: Well, sure. Uh, Charles Lyra has been a dear friend of ours from way back, and still is. He, he's now moved to a little closer to us. He lives in Gatlinburg.
1: Can I just say, Charles is a mesmerizing speaker. He is, he <laughs> he is, is so there. good. He <laughs> has a way of just grabbing your heart. He and does. we're keeping him over
0: to, to preach to our folks on oh, Sunday morning. Okay. So.
2: He gives a message called, How to Be the Husband of a Happy Wife. That's a key message because Last Wednesday night, I asked our men, uh, what breaks your heart right now in the culture, and your family, and your business? What is, what is it that really breaks your heart? And we got 120 answers. The number one answer, because we've been talking about abortion lately, but the second thing was marriages. And I'm thinking, well, isn't that strange? And it wasn't people's marriages outside. It was their marriages. And so that, that is a big issue on men's minds right now. Charles taught me long years ago in First Peter 3, 7, it says, Husbands, likewise, live with your wives according to knowledge. I didn't know what that meant. But by going to Dr. Crichton and several of the key places in Memphis to learn what it meant to live with somebody according to knowledge. You know, the Scripture says, By wisdom a home is built, by understanding it's established, but by knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures and those beautiful treasure things like contentment and acceptance and forgiveness and being uh, feel comfortable in your own home like you do in your slippers just learning what it means to live with somebody according to the knowledge of them and not all about you so charles is there and uh, he will be giving us some uh... uh several messages this uh, for the weekend he's also speaking at a company here uh, Brim foods and uh to uh, encourage them in, in their uh, walk as a, a business person. I don't know Jason Cook like uh, Brother Danny does, and I'm just looking and forward Danny, you're to him. And Danny, you were telling
1: me mean, former
0: Titan football player. Yeah, Jason is a new friend of ours. So actually, he's you know relatively new in Memphis. He's one of the uh, pastors, teaching pastor at Fellowship Memphis. And um, we really learned of uh, Pastor Jason through a connection with uh, Ed Newton. Ed Newton's also one of our speakers. He's our former staff evangelist, served with us for about 14 years on our staff of faith. He's now pastoring the largest church in San Antonio, Texas. Um, they have about twenty two thousand people in attendance on a weekend. Wait, so did you
1: say twenty two thousand? Twenty two thousand. He preaches in five services on the oh, weekend, and goodness.
0: he is uh, he's just an incredible young man. So Jason and uh, Doctor Ed Newton are buddies. They um, uh, actually Jason talks about Ed being a mentor to him of you know how to preach with passion and those kind of things, and and so Jason and I have just gotten acquainted in recent months, and and he was so gracious to say yes to the invitation to come speak to our men. He is a powerful, powerful speaker uh, of course he's a uh, you know he is a football player he did play at Ole Miss and um, then he played uh, briefly with so that's the, the only uh,
1: negative thing right uh, you know, <laughs> if you're if a Tiger fan that's okay yeah he's, he's
0: he's got that mark but um, then, then he did play with the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL and so then God you know interrupted his journey and called him into ministry he and his family are um, here with us in our city uh, looking forward to maybe having another interview with Pastor yes. Jason on another yeah, time, but yeah. we're so gl- grateful that he's going to be sharing with us. He's got a heart for reaching, um, you know, across racial lines. Um, multi, he, he pastors a multi, you know, multi-ethnic, very diverse congregation, and so he's going to bring a whole lot to this conference. to help us in a, in a lot of ways. So we're excited about him, and um, and of course the you know the young guys love love Ed Newton. He's the mo- one of the most passionate
1: speakers you'll ever hear. Of course, we don't want to leave out Colonel Allen Ferry. Yeah tell me about Al.
2: Well, uh, that just kind of fell to us. Uh, he wrote a book called A Man in His Country, and we were looking for somebody to, especially right now in, in the uh, atmosphere of our country and where we are and talking about our country, and we wanted somebody to come and that loves our country and is a true patriot and loves Jesus. and So we found uh, a man that had written a book about it, and we contacted him, and uh, he's a chaplain, and uh, he lives now in North Carolina. He's written several books about America and uh, patriotism and uh, served. Uh, actually uh, went to Dallas Theological and went to several other schools. And, uh, but he's new for us, and we're excited about him coming. He'll be wearing his uh, whatever navy blue or whatever that is because uh, he's a full colonel. Just to tell us about our history, our remembering stones that we ought to still be looking at and thank God for in, in our country. Uh, so, so he'll be coming with us, and uh, then uh, we're actually adding one more speaker. You know, man is a triune being; he's a he's a spirit and he's soul, but he's also body, and our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we go to things, but we don't ever talk about a man's health and his body and taking care of that, and how important that is for his yeah. family, because uh, men kind of put that off sometimes. And so that's kind of what happened to me about a couple of years ago. I was at a men's issue, and a African-American pharmacist pushed me, encouraged me to go get a checkup, and I did. Well, I wound up having a, a severe case of uh, prostate cancer, and I would not have known that had he not have urged me to do that. And so we've got a, a, a local doctor uh, to come and to just encourage men to start taking good care of themselves and when they ought to be checked for different things in their lives right. and uh, so that they uh, they can serve the Lord healthier and and uh, we just don't want to lose a bunch of men
1: <laughs> yeah we well, know we don't well gentlemen as we start to wrap up our show I do want to ask you something about your personal journey what have been some of the toughest issues that you've had to confront as it relates to your personal journey of biblical manhood well that's um...
0: Again, we could spend a long time just in our answer to that. But personally, you know, personally, um, sometimes I think because of my absent father in my life, you know, someone that um, actually I had the privilege of leading my dad to Christ as a young teenager. So we saw transformation and change happen in his life. But I I think sometimes because of the absence of that influence in my life, there's been an overreach in my part, you know, trying to, you know, to be the the hero, uh, all things, you know, everything. Uh, that sometimes it's really hard to be Superman and, um, you know, trying to be the best pastor, the best husband, you know, trying to say yes. We, we talked about uh, a moment ago, Dr. Teb and I, we can't say no. And so just saying yes, sometimes I, I think one of the, in my journey, one of the things that I've had to learn and, and still learning is that word that uh, Brother Teb mentioned, balance and, you know, symmetry, a, a rhythm of doing what God's called you to do with all of your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. Whatever you do, do it you know exceptionally well, as into the Lord, not unto men. Um, but you know what? We can't do everything, and we can't be everything. So I want to focus on my roles, my responsibilities um, of being a being a real Christian, being a, a man who, in his relationship with Jesus, is real, authentic, genuine. Spending time with the Lord, spending time in the Word, and um, that comes first. And then my wife, Ron, and I we we will celebrate 38 years of marriage coming up in April. Very excited about that, and so one of the things that I'm learning is is that she is not just um, not just part of my life; she's essential to my life, and absolutely, you know, my first area of ministry is my relationship with Rhonda, and then you know to be now a father of grown adult sons and have four grandsons and a little granddaughter on the way. Finally, we get a granddaughter in the family. Number five is going to be a granddaughter. And so, you know, those are roles. And, and then, you know, I get, have the privilege of being a pastor, pastor of one of the great churches. I'm in my 25th years, pastor of Faith Baptist in Bartlett, and all those roles are just, you know, incredible, beautiful. But the challenge, you know, the challenge for me is to, is to be sure that I'm rooted and grounded in my relationship and my walk with Christ on a daily basis. We never get away from that. Yeah.
2: Boy, that's a hard one to follow right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say the balance is as much as anything for me. Uh, no is a tough word for me. I about lost a marriage because of not being able to say no. In fact, I was saved just right down the street in a hospital room because I had, uh, I had misused uh, those types of things in my life, and uh, God got a hold of me. And what I've learned, though, in the last few years is that In the relationship at home, it's dynamic. It it always changes. Every season of life changes. And you you don't think of that when you're young. You just think it's going to always be the same. But uh, as you go through the seasons of life and and realize that each one of those demands a little bit different knowledge and a different love and a a different encouragement um, for for one another. John Piper uh, wrote a book called Don't Waste Your... uh, Actually, it was called Don't Waste Your Prostate Cancer because somebody gave it to him right before my surgery. But the whole thing was just don't waste your life and don't waste your dash, that that you've got left on your little dash on, on your uh, tombstone. And so that's, that's paramount with me right now, with my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with, with Charlotte. Our children don't live here anymore, so it's a little harder for us uh, with that. My relationship with her has become number one after my relationship with the Lord, more so than ever in our life. We've been married 57 years. Mm -hmm. We've known each other since the second grade.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is so precious. Well, gentlemen, this has been great. Thank you so much for bringing your lives together here to share about the Faith Men's Conference 2019, March 22nd, 23rd. The cost is only $30, and I'm sure that includes some type of meal in there. Usually it does. I don't know. You you guys take care of folks when they come. A Friday night and a Saturday, right?
0: That's correct. We uh, we begin at 6 o'clock on Friday. The doors open a little bit earlier than that. And um, this, of course, the price includes all of the conference materials. They get a really nice workbook, the breakout sessions, and a really nice uh, breakfast on Saturday morning that is, I'm talking about serious good breakfast. You know, the, the price of the conference is uh, covered. You know, that that's worth it right there. Exactly.
1: And if you want information to get those tickets and more details, go to myfaithbaptist.org, myfaithbaptist.org, and get that information. Danny, Teb, God bless you. Thank you for what you both do for Christ's kingdom. Uh, you encourage me so much. I'm glad that we're friends. Thank you for amen joining Bot Radio today. Thank you, Barron. Thank you, Barr. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. Don't forget the website, myfaithbaptist.org and myfaithbaptist.org. Talk to you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.